you normally let strangers in your house? No. Now that we're talking about it, <laughs> you're you're like making me realize how crazy I actually am. But no, I mean to be honest, like we were kind of talking about before you and I like started, you know, recording this podcast, like. I saw your page, like I dug in a little bit towards what you were doing and, you know, you were real. You had like good, actual high quality content. And, you know, another thing is too, is like, it's very rare that you see somebody still sticking towards high quality content. So, you know, everybody's about this whole like quantity over quality type deal. So to me, it was like, I instantly felt like, okay, this is somebody that I would actually like to take time out of my day to sit down and talk to. I'm, I'm enjoying this right now, so. Right, and I definitely had the same idea. Um, when I found you on YouTube, mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's dive into them. Let's see some interviews, see about them. And I didn't really see any, you know, long-term interviews with you. And I knew right away, like, let's get this going. So I really wanna dive into um, really how you started. We all know that you're a, fisherman that you've built this online business and whatnot but what about you before life by the bow became a thing and avail which is your brand right Mm -hmm. you have a fishing brand around this as well how did you like decide that you wanted to create content you obviously have a background in media yeah what is that yeah for sure i mean we'll we'll start from there um you know ever since i was a little kid i've always been holding cameras like it's just something i've just genuinely always been fascinated in you know there there's really no rhyme or reason for it um but i don't know there's just something about recording moments and just looking back on it and just being able to just connect instantly with a memory right that is exactly how i got into the camera stuff Mm -hmm. um seeing i had a lot of family members pass away i told you a little bit about my father Mm -hmm. um but my brother passed away a couple other people but then you end up once they're gone all you really have left is whatever sort of visuals you were able to create or have of them whether it's a photo a video and i was like man that stuff's important and i just wanted to keep creating so i got into photography then obviously creating my own stuff and that became my life and I wanted to get around media more but so have did you do media work before you did life by the bow like yeah did you do any sort of camera advertising work uh, creating for other people of like, course yeah or did you just go fishing and you knew how to record like what yeah so it, it's kind of funny because fishing actually came after being like what's known as a content creator today but to go back and answer your question basically um you know, I would say around really growing up my entire life, I started my first YouTube channel actually in 2007. So I was big into paintball. I loved paintball as a kid. And uh, I loved it so much that I wanted to remember playing paintball because I could only play on Sundays versus going every single day of the week. Right. So I just enjoyed filming me, filming my friends, and I'd post those paintball videos up on YouTube. So I think by about the time, you know, I was a little kid, I had about 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. And if you could imagine for a little kid, like, that's so cool, man. But, you know, long story short, you know, you get older, you discover girls and, you know, you... Bad times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then I kind of just like, kind of forgot about video and, you know... Go ahead, were you going to talk? That's actually how I got into uh, 
I got in a YouTube from RuneScape, as embarrassing as it is, a computer game back in the day. My first YouTube video was in 2006. Very poor quality, mm -hmm. but you would just like record the screen of your computer and show what you were doing in the game, and that's how I got into YouTube. So before you could even earn money, mm -hmm. anything of that, it was just you wanted to show other gamers that you were making content. Yeah. And then it's crazy to see the growth of YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I explain to people, you know, in a not professional way, when I'm just like, hey, like I'm making YouTube, they don't respect it, do they? No. But if you, like I said, if you put it into like a multimedia, tell them you're a producer of content, mm -hmm. you do ad revenue, it starts to make more sense. Well, um, it's interesting. Sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you, you off. You're the boss here, man. I, I feel like anybody that is genuinely, um, that genuinely wants their business to grow, uh, in, in a newer fashion, they're involved with social media. And I feel like have to be, if you're a business owner, you want a YouTube channel, you know, Absolutely. you, you want to be able to create content for your brand. You want to be your own outlet for that. So Absolutely. what's happening, you're starting to see people get sponsored on YouTube and, you know, I see it all the time and I see the engagements uh, or the engagement that uh, some of these bigger companies get on their on their Instagram or like their YouTube channel. I'm not going to say like it's embarrassing because it's not. They're creating very great, high quality content, but it's just there. There's a certain way to create that content in order for it to convert well on the platform. There's some giant companies that have horrible social media followings, and you're nope. like, how is that possible? Like, there's kids in their rooms with no resources. And they're blowing up and creating these internet empires. Mm -hmm. And then there's these companies with billions of dollars that can't get social media right. So obviously there's a technique yeah. and there's a way. And I think you guys have capitalized on that well. Mm -hmm. And you guys are still, I guess, relatively new. A couple years it's been now, right? Yeah. You started Life by the Bow 2018, 19? You probably know better than I do. These, <laughs> I think I tried to look into it. a blur ever since so I started it's it. been a few years, and I, you know, you got a couple videos that have well over a million views. Mm -hmm. um, what's it been like um, transitioning into an actual YouTube company i'd say like what's the revenue streams like we don't need to go into numbers at all yeah but like for somebody that doesn't know how you can sustain and operate a media business mm -hmm. like what are the different what is life by the bows ways of staying afloat basically yeah revenue wise well so there's there's so many different ways you can milk it right the way that i structure my business is or i guess you could say business is is life by the bow is the heartbeat, right? Like it is what ultimately um, makes the whole thing work, right? right? Because it serves strictly as an advertising platform. But what's interesting about it is you're making money off of that advertising platform at the same exact time. So you're getting paid to advertise. Yeah. You're not making a ton of money. Now, if a video hits a million views, you can start to make a lot of money. But when what ends up happening is, is like, after that video kind of dies out and you know it gets shown to the audience that really cares and genuinely wants to watch that content, 
things kind of stabilize and they go back to normal. And what happens is if somebody comes and watches a video and you're getting millions of views on that one video, it starts suggesting more of your content. That's so what I got there. <laughs> yeah. So then essentially your entire channel starts doing better. But so then, yeah, you get paid off of YouTube's AdSense. And then basically, you know, Avail, we've started a whole entire clothing brand with it. Uh, we started doing fishing products. And ultimately, like, that's our goal is just like trying to build that brand to be a brand that's respected in the fishing industry. How has that been the coming up with Avail? Like, you know, you got to source products, you got to do your own media. Um, how's that been? And where is Avail? Is Avail headquartered in here? You got a separate office or? Yeah. Like... So everything from designing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say for the most part, everything starts and ends here, essentially, like it goes full circle. And basically, you know, it has been one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do in my entire life, because you know, it seems like such a simple thing, right? Like you just source um, a shirt or a hat or a pair of shorts and automatically you just stamp a veil on it and then boom, you're good. Well, no, guess what? The shorts bleed because they're bad quality. The hats don't fit right. You know, the t-shirts are too tight or they're too loose. So these are things that I've been dialing in over the years and not to mention you're staying up all throughout the night because where you're sourcing this stuff from these people, they're, they're awake while you're sleeping. So, you know, you, you spend all of your time during the day designing and then you spend all of the night just trying to communicate and get what you want the way that you want it. And finally, we got it dialed in, you know, and from here, it's just coming up with new designs, new products, and just keeping the ball rolling, essentially. Yeah, there's so much more that goes into, you know, clothing. Like, yeah. I've worked in clothing as well. Um, fabrics, it all matters. And then you get a product shipped to you that you actually like, and then it fits awkwardly on the sleeve, or there's always just this little thing in perfecting it. Yeah. Um, definitely a grind. So. Yeah, for sure. And then going back, I mean, I guess I kind of rambled on, like, clothing, but, you know, of course, you get sponsorships through the YouTube channel as well. Um, and then, obviously, it was kind of, it's kind of like one of my wife's, like, new ventures is becoming a real estate agent. And that has just been huge for well, us. You guys already, you're like a walking advertisement to the area. Um, you guys got the drone shots and, you know, you guys do such a good job of selling the Florida lifestyle appreciate that well well it's not really that you guys are selling it because you actually live it like mm -hmm. the ocean is literally right there the boats are docked like you can go to the bahamas right there it's so cool so i really like what appreciate you guys have that, done man. here um but let's dive into actually how you make the content because mm -hmm. everybody just sees that final product and they're like oh beautiful drone shot beautiful scenery, nice boat, it must be so easy. But how hard is it actually to create content in the Florida sun, mm -hmm. you know, 90 degrees out, it's humid, you got the water smacking you, wind throwing salt and sand everywhere, and you know, you got these very expensive media devices and you mm -hmm. can't be getting all of those elements into your gear. So tell me about from start to finish, the actual creation process of a Life by the Bow video? Man, 
getting the battery set. Yeah. So that's the night before. Um, yeah. So w- what a lot of people don't realize is like, I am 150% self-sufficient. Um, if I need to go out and shoot a video, I can do it all on my own. Um, Stephanie can drive the boat. I can hold the camera. I can tell her, Hey, hold the camera this way. I put in all the settings for her. So all she has to do is point and shoot. Um, but I don't like doing things that way. Unfortunately in the past, that's how I've had to do things just because like you're saying when you're out there, it's hot. They're saying you're sweating. Like you feel like after you shoot for one day, you feel like you're hung over the next day. You're dehydrated. You haven't Absolutely. eaten all day. I'm a pale boy. I get sick out there. Yeah. Honestly, like I've had some really bad times and being a content creator, uh, dealing with cameras and stuff, I think creating content around fishing is some of the hardest things you can do. Oh yeah. And I've Un- had- undoubtedly the hardest thing I think that you could ever create content. Like I can understand like maybe if you're up north and you're just in a straight blizzard and you're ridiculously uncomfortable, but like that's what I would compare it to. Because you can spend eight hours, like literally. So the best snook I ever caught, mm-hmm. I spent eight hours recording that day and we didn't catch a single fish. And then I stopped recording. It's nighttime, bad lighting. And I'm like, you know what? Let's hit the dock one more time catch my best snook of my life. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I just spent eight <laughs> hours. I gave up on the day and yep. then I caught the fish. So like, you can spend so much time and get nothing out of it. Yeah. So. Well, that, that is the number one thing that I could tell anybody when it comes to creating fishing content. It's more than likely never going to happen the way you want it to happen in That's the beginning the of the day. That's... It always happens at the very, very end. It just, it just seems to be that way. That you know, because certainly the truth. Yeah, because you spend the entire day figuring out what doesn't work, right. and then you finally figure it out. So, what do you think are some ways that the fishing industry could, I guess, sort of grow and be more inclusive? I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I feel all right. So, like basketball, you have the NBA. Football, you have NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, with all these things, all these categories, there's a certain like a league that kind of runs everything. I feel like fishing is so open and free. There's nothing really like solid. How could the fishing industry kind of push forward? Do you think it's possible or is it kind of capped out? You know, that is a very, very good question because there, there's a lot going on in the fishing industry right now and it's also transitioning. But I think what's, you have like a lot of these guys that have been here for a really long time and they built some really good relationships with some of the best companies in the industry. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of loyalty too. So it's like these big brands don't just want to start bringing all these content creators like myself on board because we have to prove ourselves And of course we have to prove ourselves because you have so many people that get up on the platform and I I don't mean to be harsh, but they create content that just has absolutely no value. That is true. So then you, the moment that you tell a company, oh, hey, I have a YouTube channel, automatically they don't take it, they don't take you seriously. And I've dealt with this firsthand. I've literally had, you know, companies tell me like, Oh, like 
we're under the impression that just little kids watch YouTube, like actual adults don't watch it. And I'm like, they're you're, so wrong. Yeah. I'm so like, wrong. I'm like, you're, you're insane. Like I talk to people and they tell me like, I love YouTube. I only watch fishing on YouTube because I get to watch exactly what I want to watch whenever I want to watch it. Literally. And, and guess what happens after uh, a fishing show is aired? It goes on YouTube. <laughs> so, <laughs> most of the fishing, maybe I'm wrong on this, but a lot of the fishing shows that I watch on like actual TV, mm -hmm. they're not that great. And then I'll go on YouTube and I'll see like some self made production that just was great. Or, and I was just like, Where's this the corporate fishing versus the independent fishing? I feel like they haven't came together yet, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. There are a lot of TV shows, fishing shows up on air right now that do a fantastic job. Um, but, you know, they, there's a lot of these limiting factors that really deduct away from, you know, making their show more creative. And that's just sponsors you know like sponsors really they, they really take a lot out of your production because you got to make that's sure true. you're you're yeah. selling that product yeah. for that person that's paying you money and you know it, it's I, i've worked for fishing tv shows in the past and the specific individual like that i worked for it was unbelievable how hard that he worked yeah and that was just because he always had to make his sponsors happy and um, I don't mind sponsors. I don't think that they're a bad thing. I think they're a great thing. But, um, you know, the approach that I took, I was just like, I would rather sponsor myself. I was literally going to say, essentially, yeah. Avail is your sponsor. Exactly. Yep. And that's the way I think you should do it. So, cutting Avail out, who's your favorite fishing brand? My favorite brand? Who do you think's doing it the best right now? Who's leading the charge? I have a guess of who I think I would pick. Um, they're too overpriced for me to even really. I think Huck is kind of, them or Pelagic, I think, are doing decent. But I don't think anybody owns it. Like, I feel like in uh, different industries, like, you know, Nike is king. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Apple is king. There's competitors, but they're yeah. a giant brand. I feel like fishing is still kind of open. And I think there's maybe room. Yeah, well, that's what's so cool about fishing is anybody can start a brand in the face or in the in the space, essentially, right? Like you don't have to be an expert, you know. You don't have to know everything about fishing, and I'm I am living proof of that. And that's something that I wanted to touch on. And a lot of people don't even know about me. Like growing up as a kid, like my dad used to when he took me fishing. He would take me into the mangroves, put out a bag of chum, and I had a little shrimp, put it on a hook, and I caught mangrove snappers. I didn't grow up, you know, going to the Bahamas. I didn't grow up sword fishing, uh, right. yellowfin tuna fishing. I taught myself how to do that stuff within these past four years. So and, you, uh, you knew fishing, but now you're... A whole different level apparently yeah like i knew how to cast a fishing rod and i knew how to tie a hook but that was it so did that, you know that you had room to go into fishing what was that inspiration that you were just gonna essentially take over fishing you got to you're creating content you're selling mm -hmm. merchandise um you told me a top secret sneak peek of something that's coming out. So you're obviously still growing. Mm -hmm. um, 
how did you know that you were going to be able to create fishing content? I didn't know. You just Cause I, did cause it. I failed at it. I, I, so as soon as I stopped working for the fishing show, I tried to start like a serious YouTube channel. You know, I, I watched people like, uh, deer meat for dinner. I watched land shark outdoors. Um, you know, a lot of these other content creators and I'm like, this is my backyard. Like I know how to hold a camera. I'm like, why am I not doing this? Like, I feel like I'm meant to do this. And Absolutely. I went and I did it and I was like, yeah, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be because you got it. You actually have to know how to fish in order to be a fishing content creator. You can't just go out there and catch, um, for instance, like a swordfish. Like no. you're not just going to still can barely catch you're not, a swordfish. Or like a tarpon, <laughs> forget about it. You're not just going to go out there mm -hmm. and throw a rod out with a piece of shrimp on it and just nail this big sport fish. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everybody, when you ask them, like, oh, what kind of snook you ever cut or something like that, oh, 45 inch monster. Like, yeah. to actually catch these big fish takes a lot of work, technique, time. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. not as easy as taking a picture of a big fish and posting it online. Yeah. It's a grind. It is a grind. And you know, like a lot of the, going back to the fishing shows, a lot of these guys that we watch on these fishing shows and they are sponsored by these big brands like these are like tournament winning fishermen like these guys are badasses like they know how to fish they're in it yeah. you know and i think you know when people and i i was at fault for this too i will i will say that blatantly you know i fell into my own trap where i was trying to be like them and i was just trying to be the best fisherman and then I realized, like, that's not who I am. Like, I'm not a fisherman. I'm just somebody that likes to go out there and create content, go fishing with my wife. Hey, if I get stuck on a sandbar, like, I'll show it to the world. I don't care. Like, it happens. And I, I feel like that's the content that people crave more than anything now. Absolutely. Is the realness of it. It's relatable. Um, and I think that's how I was drawn in too, is most of the times I go fishing, it'd be like with my girlfriend or my daughter. Um, so I instantly kind of like related to the wholesome approach of your content. Like I feel, and I see that in the Appreciate comments. That. A lot of people in the comments, they say the same things. They say, you know, you guys are so positive, um, professional. Um, and that's another thing I like is that you guys uh, take um, respecting the ocean and safety seriously because the ocean's a dangerous place. Big time. Like, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you on the ocean? Do you have any moments? Knock on wood, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I haven't really yeah, ever had, like, any type of crazy stories on the water just because, like, you know, my dad, he's always been like such a big advocate, like for doing things the right way. Don't ever mess around, like always take yeah. things seriously. And I've always done that. Um, but I guess like one of the worst things that has ever happened and <laughs> not a lot of people know about this and like, I'll, I don't care, man. Like I'll say it publicly. Like what we got what we got. Yeah, but nothing crazy, but we were shooting a video one day and we did some spear fishing, caught, shot a couple lionfish, shot some, some mangrove snappers, mutton snapper. And for me, I was like, that's more than enough. Like, that's a solid day. And then we went back to a sandbar to go and, like, do some ceviche. And um, 
you know, solid day. We were done shooting by like noon, like never happens. Like yeah. it's typically an all day type of thing. Um, and so tide was dropping. We were parked up on a beach. No big deal. As the tide goes out, just push the boat back a little bit. You know, see where this is going. Yeah. So, you know, just paying attention to it, pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. And finally we got to the point where we're pushing back and we're like, the boat's not moving. We didn't realize it. It was such a high tide. We were inside of a tide pool. And next thing you know, the entire bay just drains out and the boat's just sitting there <laughs> high and dry. Did you have you your, know? was a veil on the side so you get some pictures Thank of it? Thank God, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and there was people driving by and like, I don't think anybody really processed like who it was or what we were doing. Um, so I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah, but it's just, this is probably one of the craziest stories that I had. And then of course, like by the time the tide came up, it was dark. Storm started coming in. It was pouring down rain, lightning striking all around us. Stephanie's crying, thinking that she's going to die. <laughs> yeah, we, that, that's really the craziest story I have, I would say. All right, all and right. like I said, knock on wood that I don't have crazier ones. If we ever speak again in the future, if you're not tired of me by the end of this. So are you ready for this segment? Sure. This segment, this or that, two options going to let you choose between them whether okay. you want to go in on them or not that's up to you but i just got some questions so we're going to start with what the whole world really wants to know morgan wallen or luke combs oh dang dude that's a really tough one morgan that is wallen a really really combs. tough one <laughs> i love luke combs but man morgan wallen he's just killing it right he's now. a stud a little yeah. bit of drama but you know young superstar mm -hmm. really on top of his game i think he could uh seems like he could clean up on drinking a little bit yeah but overall he's a stud man yeah. i like morgan wallen a lot i do too man I, I feel like you don't even have to like country music to like his music i showed one of my friends that hates country music and he's just like he's got too much twang yeah and i was like yeah, I guess. man you put the windows down in the truck you got some morgan wallen and mm -hmm. it's a good day yeah, man, I agree with that without a doubt. I do love my, I do love a lot of the Luke Combs music though. I, it's actually interesting. I got to know Luke Combs when he was still on Vine. Really? Yeah, I do. I've watched some podcasts on him. I've heard a little bit about his upbringing. I think uh, the girl he married actually went to school in Fort Myers at FGCU. Really? I could be wrong on that. I'm yeah. probably going to get wrong on the internet. But. but dude, like there's a perfect example. Somebody that got famous through social media. Absolutely. You know? That's the way. And I, I listened to a few of his stories where he's like, nobody believed in me. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like that's the story a lot of times. I feel like I'm dealing with that. Like I'm telling people I want to make YouTube content and things like that. And they're like, YouTube? Like, because in my I guess in my profession, a lot of things I do is like sales and stuff. So that makes mm -hmm. sense to people like uh, my mother, for instance. Like, yeah, you go sell something, you make money. Oh, you go make a YouTube video? Like, that's what kids that sit in their room all day do, like he said. So it's whatever. Well, it's funny because I, I got backlash from my family when I started doing what I did. Yeah. Because they, I, I got a degree in it from UM, and they all thought that I should go and move to Miami and go work for you know corporation making yeah, video content they respect that but yeah if you say like even like i'm like no like i'm not going to interview this youtuber like not to brag about what you've got going on but no like this man and his wife they have a two-story house on the water two boats um they're creating this entire operation a brand 
and it all centers around that one thing that you're not really respecting. I'm like, you're not getting it. This is yeah. just the new age media. Mm -hmm. This is just how it works now. But anyways, we got off topic because we're still on segment for this <laughs> or that. Sorry. DeSantis or Disney? <laughs> this is a Florida question. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, some touchy subjects involved in there, huh? Yeah. Pass? No, I'm not going to pass on it. Um, all I'm going to say is, is I really like Disney World and... I can agree with that. I've, and I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably pass. So I'll I think pass. I don't really like the agenda, maybe other things going on, but ultimately Disney is a plus for Florida. Mm -hmm. How many people come to Florida for Disney? It does our economy well and stuff. Yeah. So next question, your favorite restaurants cooking or your wife's cooking? Hmm. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> um, you know, if I had to pick one, it would probably be my wife's cooking because, like, that's the highlight of my day, honestly, is just sitting down, just her and I having a meal together. A lot of people don't realize it, but we spend a lot of time working and communicating with a lot of other people. Sometimes we don't get to communicate with each other. So, like, that is, like, our time to sit down talk to one another yeah. it's it's such it's such a special part of my day every day yeah i can feel that my girl's really good at cooking so yeah like, there's nothing like getting that home cooking what's your favorite meal that she cooks who hamburger so we call it hamburger helper mm -hmm. but it's her version you know it's like the noodles the meat and the seasoning but it's all you know her stuff not the actual box hamburger helper yeah and it's just amazing. Just eat like scoops and scoops of it. Really yeah, and your guys' right content, now. you're always uh, bringing your fish home and then your wife's cooking it. So it's like. Well, that's another interesting interesting thing too. Stephanie didn't really start cooking until we started doing Life by the Bow. Like be it, a content, a form of content for her would be to be cooking. Got yeah. better at it. But every single recipe that she ever does, it, it's discovered from Google. Dude, she just internet is a knowledgeable place. Yeah. But um, onto the topic, good transition of you and your wife. Mm -hmm. When you're in business school or a class, you know, one of the first things they tell you is to be careful who you do business with, and more specifically, be very careful on doing a business with somebody you're in a relationship mm -hmm. or a marriage, because that's a giant dynamic of having a relationship combined with a business. So how do you guys kind of coexist? Because I feel like you guys operate sort of in a, a really solid way, but there's gotta be like some tension, you know, some days, like yeah. how's that dynamic work of, you know, dealing with building your relationship and building your business at the same time and letting them continue to move forward. Well, we were very lucky. You know, we created a very solid foundation um, when we first got together. You know, we spent a lot of time with one another. We probably spent more time with one another than one ever should. You okay, know, when it's solid and you know it, like, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, yeah, I mean, working with your wife, or your girlfriend, whoever it may be, 
it's a very, very challenging thing at certain points because like, you know, there's like, you have to like establish like some type of hierarchy, right? Like you, someone needs to be the boss, that right? That is true. That is true. I see you guys debate it in some of the videos. Yeah. So like I have what I call my manual override where she like makes a suggestion and I make a suggestion and she tries to like do something and I'm like, all right, I'm just putting on the manual override. Like that's not happening or we're going to do it this way or that way. You're the and, stabilizer. <laughs> yeah. But then there's like certain things like that she does and she's in charge of. So like a lot of people don't realize is like, I'm very involved with the creative side of things. I manage and I do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Whereas like she manages a lot of the clothing brand and she's selling real estate at the same exact time. And like, these are things that people don't realize, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it can definitely get challenging. But I think the biggest thing is, is like, if you have a good relationship, from the very very beginning and there's respect and there is uh yeah i would just say respect more than anything yeah it's like anything like you'll never like me if i don't respect you vice versa but absolutely if we respect each other we'll be friends essentially forever yeah so you know you ever have like a moment where you guys are you know you got a project in mind we're gonna go out and record this video and then you guys have like some sort of dispute or argument and then you got to go start recording in like the next 20 minutes and you're like that awkward idol. I don't know if you experienced it, but I've been out with my girl before yeah. and sometimes like, you know, we're just butting heads on something and then in that next 10 minutes, we got to start recording something mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, got to like readjust myself and pretend we didn't just argue at each other. <laughs> yeah. So in the very beginning, like believe it or not, like we did have a lot of moments like that where it's like, there's just, there's disagreements based on what it is that we're doing. And like majority of those disagreements were just, um, me like just being upset with like her having a hard time following what we were doing from the creative side of things. I can relate to that a lot. And yeah. trying to like describe something to them and they're kind of like not really getting it. And you kind of in that moment you need it to happen so yeah. you can proceed. Yeah. It's a, it's a troubling dynamic sometimes, yeah. but well, here's like a perfect example. Like after the Miami International Boat Show, we basically went to the show for four days straight, just talking to people and we were we were dead exhausted, Yeah, you know? And we probably should have went home and we probably should have rested. But that night I got home from the boat show. I went to loading the boat, preparing it to go to the dry Tortugas to camp there for three days. And, you know, those are the type of disagreements that we have where it's like, you don't understand, like, this is the perfect opportunity to go. We got the weather, like, we may not be able to do this once the weather heats up. And, like, those are the things that, you know, I have to, like, push her towards, like, hey, let's go and do this. Yeah. But once it's all said and done, she, she understands it. She's like, you're right. But then for her, too, like, I'm extremely lucky to have her because she's always making sure that, you know, we're – up to date on regulations. We're not fishing in any areas. We're not supposed to be fishing in like crazy things. Like you're not allowed to have your underwater lights on in the dry tortugas. Like who would have ever thought, right? But she's able to know those things. And like, yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately there is like just arguing and bickering like every relationship has, but it's not bad enough to the point where it's like, we still don't enjoy what we're doing. I mean, 
So in your case, doing business with your relationship partners worked out for you. Yeah. So. And I feel like it's bit like it's made my business better by having her involved. Yeah, you guys are it's a duo. Like mm -hmm. when you think of life by the bow, you think of the married couple that goes out on the boat and lives the keys lifestyle. Yeah. So what's next for life by the bow? Is there any sort of long-term plans, visions, or is this like you're comfortable in what you got going on and you're just going to double down on that? Is there anything outside of fishing that interests you guys or are you guys just going to dominate this forever? Like I know people always start to branch out into, you know, just trying to dominate the next market. Are you guys just going to double down on what you got going on or is there future plans? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, just continuing to do what we're doing, but just fine tuning, you know, uh, ever since she became a real estate agent, I mean, that's, that's really just, you know, selling sunset coming your guys way to a keys version. <laughs> that would be I cool. Might, I might actually be right up your guys's alley, you know, and you got your own production stuff going on. You mm -hmm. can probably get your own little Netflix show. Yeah. Life by the Bow seems like a TV show already. Appreciate it's just that. on YouTube. So yeah. we didn't, we even, I knew from uh, you telling me you had a Sony microphone, let me know you likely shoot Sony. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're, we got you down on the Sony. What are you shooting with? What kind of Sony cameras? FX3. FX3. And like I was, I was talking about earlier, you know, the A7S3 is essentially the same thing, right? Very similar. Yeah. But I mean, this is just in case anybody is an outdoor shooter. I chose the FX3 specifically just because it has the fan built into it, you know? If you're out in Florida, I've had my cameras overheat quite a few times. Yeah. And even the phones, man. Like, your phone will stop mm -hmm. working. It gets burned out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but um, uh, diving into that again. Yeah. One camera? That's it? One camera? One Sony camera. Yeah. How do you No, I've noticed I've seen you guys do this in quite a few videos. Mm -hmm. Where are you guys getting this uh, underwater angle? How are you guys doing this? Are you guys so, reaching out? What's what are we doing here to get those underwater angles? So majority of the underwater footage that you see in life by the bow is shot by me. And uh, man, when you've edited videos once like when you've put out a video once a week for like almost four years straight you learn like you learn so much based on how you can manipulate something based on editing mm -hmm. so it's like for example we did a show in steen hatchie and uh basically every other drop we were pulling up red snappers and like at that point in time i'm like we have 10 red snappers we've caught already like how many can we possibly fit into a show so then i was like all right we're done shooting above water you guys keep on catching the fish i'm gonna get in the water and i'm gonna start filming them so that's essentially how that works okay because that's another thing that uh led me to respect in your content more is so many little extra things like you guys will be going from this point to this point but during that transition you got a drone shot a boat's coming there's an underwater angle of like half water half boat mm -hmm. and i'm like you know what these guys are actually putting from because i i came to watch you guys your fishing content i stayed because of the attention to details and those little production hits that i'm like you know what these guys are well, I, I can appreciate that. the camera work being coming from the camera world. Mm -hmm. So one camera, 
that's all we got. Yeah. You guys are making it work because I feel like we got three cameras right now. I feel like we need six, you know, <laughs> and you always want more and more. And of course. That, um, but that's that's what we've kind of learned. Um, you know, less is more. You know, we we mainly go out with Pelican case, probably about this big, has our FX3, has all of our mic equipment, um, has a DJI Mavic 3 drone. Um, and then now we've started carrying a book bag just for like GoPros, extra batteries, you know, sometimes an extra camera, God forbid one goes in the water, we crash a drone, we'll carry an extra drone sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, for example, within the span of 10 seconds, I can hit every single one of these camera angles if I move. That is true. So that's what happens. And I, I, I always shoot this way. And whenever we have a videographer working with this, with us, I teach them the same exact way. If I'm reeling in a fish, don't just film me at the same exact spot for. Absolutely. You need it to switch in between yeah. angles. So that, that five minutes of reeling in turned mm -hmm. into a 30 second whole panned action shot and whatnot yeah yeah and then once you get into editing it's like putting the puzzle pieces together because like your audio ultimately is what carries the story right but you know i can be sitting here and talking like this and i could be reeling in a fish but at the same exact time i can place a clip into place that you know the videographer shot 10 minutes ago when I began the fight, yep. as long as like my mouth isn't showing and you can't see that I'm not talking. I've, I've done things like that yeah. where it's, those actually didn't come together in the actual real life timeline, but in my timeline of editing, mm -hmm. it came together and it worked that way. Yeah, so I love to see that. So um, yeah, let's go back in. I got more <laughs> this or that questions for you. So we didn't top, tap in. Freshwater or saltwater? Definitely. Which one's king? Definitely saltwater. I agree. But I've had these debates where some people kind of go the other way and they go, oh, freshwater. I think there's just like, okay, I can go freshwater fish. You mm -hmm. kind of have a general idea of what you can get. If you go saltwater fish, who, there's legit monsters out there yeah. and you never know what you're going to get. There's such a variety. I think saltwater's king all day. For sure. But everybody has a different meaning of what fishing means to them this you know what true. i mean so like for example there may be a guy that grew up his entire life bass fishing and he goes out saltwater fishing he knows that saltwater fish are bigger and badder and they pull harder but he may get seasick yeah it's you know not where his heart is mm -hmm. either yeah and it's just like what they grew up on yeah yeah i feel like uh Freshwater, it's like a it's like a cult. You're either freshwater or you're saltwater. Mm -hmm. I think you can do both, but you can certainly do both. I mean, like freshwater is a great way to start, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Do you guys have canal systems on the West Coast? <laughs> Cape Coral has the most canals yeah. in the United States. Quote me on that. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. I think we we have so many canals so they're you, everywhere you probably grew up doing the same exact thing i did fishing for bass and canals little fish i've never until my recent years um nobody i grew up with had a boat no i was never able to do those sort of excursions that a lot of people got to go up on so now in my adult life you know when i started getting adult friends and 
being able to afford a charter for a day, you get your friends in, 200 bucks a pop. Charters yeah. are expensive. Oh, yeah. So to actually get out into that deep water and be able to fish with the proper equipment and whatnot, like, that's a blessing. Yeah. And you guys get to do that all the time. Yeah, it, it's a crazy thing, man. And, you know, I, I think it's funny. People, like, whenever we'll post something or, you know, whatever it may be, they'll, they'll always respond or, like, write a comment, say, living the dream. Oh, and it, yeah. It's true. Like, it is living the dream. But, man, I, I feel like life is all about perspective, right? Like, Certainly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this, this may seem like living the dream. But, you know, what you may think that living the dream is, isn't necessarily what it's made out to be. And I think social media is a really big um, deterring factor versus what reality Absolutely. Really a lot of people are faking their entire lives on social media, but yeah. then that's transitioning into their real life. And now they kind of have these two identities that don't match. Yep. I'm seeing that cause a lot of problems with a lot of people where that internet identity and real life aren't meshing mm -hmm. and they don't know how to, I guess, get back to normal. Like yeah. not everybody is meant to be famous on the internet yeah. and not everybody like, it's kind of just knowing your role, I guess, or just being comfortable with everything. You kind of just got to humble yourself down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would say that's where just being true to yourself yeah. and going after who you want to be, right? Yeah. Because, like, for me, like I was saying in the very beginning, like, I was trying to act and be a professional fisherman because I thought that that's how I needed to be in order to succeed. Right. But, you know, one of my most viewed videos um, it's strictly just my wife and I going over to the Bahamas in the boat. and That's literally how I found you. Really? Yeah, that video um, with you on the Pathfinder, the video was what, like taking my 24, 26-foot boat mm -hmm. across the Keys to the Bahamas, and that was my first video. I was like, oh, that was cool. And then I just, <laughs> the algorithm sucked me in, and I just kept watching. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome to hear. Yeah, so it's just crazy. Like, just the other week, you know, I'm watching you on YouTube, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I just send you a message basically saying, let's create something, and here we are just a couple weeks later. So yeah. that's the power of the Internet and networking and putting yourself in position for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I can say, too, based on, you know, your experience starting this podcast and ultimately, you know, this is your first one that you've done. The first. Yeah. So like there are going to be times for you and this is for like anybody watching, you're going to go and you're going to try to do something and you're going to try to accomplish it and you're going to nail it the first time. And then you're going to go and try to do something similar all over again and it's going to be a complete failure. Right. And you're going to try again, you're going to fail. You're going to try again, you're going to fail and you're going to continuously fail, but you eventually will get what it is that you're trying to accomplish especially if you actually enjoy what you're doing yep so like i've i've made content off and on for years and whenever i'd go on those breaks because you know i've got a real life to attend to you know mm -hmm. the child and doing Dude, businesses awesome. yeah i got a six-year-old daughter man that's so cool uh the greatest blessing maya if you're watching this which she will mm -hmm. my little daughters watch your videos too that's awesome she man. loves the boat she loves fishing she loves the beaches like that's her life so mm -hmm. that's very cool stephanie and i want to try to have kids 
this hey. year. So, oh, does the internet know about that? No, not necessarily. So, do you just drop it? <laughs> it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, we don't we don't really get too personal on YouTube just because, like, I don't know. For me, like, I just kind of feel like people don't really care that much. But pe some but people that's do. Your perspective, because yeah. I cared enough to drive across the state to come talk to you mm -hmm. because yeah, the information that. I was actually I didn't want to interview you. I just wanted to watch an interview on you <laughs> and your wife because I I love online business. I love marketing. I love content creation, and I just wanted to know how you kind of rose to where you are and there wasn't anything on so i took the initiative and here i am interviewing you well, i appreciate you coming down man but yeah. yeah i mean i don't know i i just think that there is uh there there's so much potential for a lot of people especially like you know generations above us you know below us wherever you may be and i think that most people they start things and they think it's going to be a lot easier than it really is that's the truth yeah and like the only per the people that know how difficult something really is are the people that have actually done it right you know and that's why i get i like i never acknowledge anybody that hates i think it's kind of funny actually because it's like if if you ever are going to hate on somebody trying to succeed it's because you have never been successful yeah and there's something Straight in your up. heart that's causing you like, exactly it's because you can't handle somebody else's success because you've never been successful right. and the way that i know that is because i've been there we've all been envious you know we've all absolutely looked at somebody and have said dang man like how is it that they're doing this and like I wish I could do that. And then they just lash out and yep. you know, misery loves company. But, you Absolutely. know, that's another thing that I can say too. like, if anybody ever wants to become a content creator and they're self-conscious or you're nervous, yeah. you know, you're going to fail. That's just the way it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But eventually you will succeed. And the ones that are hating on you trying to accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish they're not succeeding. You know, when I see somebody and they're trying something new, I, I love I have, it. Huh? I love it. I have so much more respect for them. Absolutely. Making, making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there because, you know, I understand what they're doing. And I've noticed it too. I get respect from some very successful people um, that I didn't necessarily get like you like when you're younger, you know, like you don't get respect from people and then as you still, they, I'm still there <laughs> yeah. I still feel that way sometimes uh, being in like business marketing stuff mm -hmm. you end up dealing with a lot of older people um, You know older business owners people that have been there obviously they got the capital and whatnot so when a younger person is giving them suggestions like for marketing you know you're directing people's business or business development you're telling an owner of their business what they should do yeah so they have a hard time respecting me saying like hey maybe you should present yourself a little bit differently the mm -hmm. company not them and they just like but how are you young man gonna tell me business owner what to do it's kind of like that and it's hard it, it's very hard because like yeah, you're you're approaching very important people at certain moments and you know, especially like, you know, if we're talking about the fishing industry, like 
approaching sponsors, like you try to approach them very humble. You know, right. you try to prove to them your worth. But, you know, if you kind of come in and you're like a little nervous and you're kind of like, you know what I'm saying? You're you're almost not taken seriously. But then yes. if you come in too confident, what is this cocky little asshole kid? You know, what what does he know? So it's like there's this happy medium and like you have to prove yourself and like you have to gain respect and you got to be able to deal with just excuse my language, but like, I'm not going to say it, like getting crapped on essentially. Like you have to be able to swallow that and you have to be able to take the pain and the abuse and you got to be able to just work your way through it, navigate through it. Yeah. And I think if you have a general passion, that will definitely help you. But like back on that topic of people that uh, are trying to do new things and push themselves, I have more respect for those people than anybody. Cause it's like, oh, you're working on your passion. You care about something. I feel like in today's society, a lot of people are lacking that passion mm-hmm. or they're afraid to show the passion cause they think the internet's gonna judge them. Yep, and like, they are. And I, I get that all the time. So like, I have like this dynamic, you know, I grew up an athlete. There's a little bit of like Southern in me. I grew up in the South, but all these things are so different. So like if I wear country sort of stuff one day mm-hmm. and the next day I wear basketball shoes, somebody's going to be like, you're a poser. Like, how'd you, uh, how are you doing that? Like, I'm just being myself. I'm not trying to fulfill some vision of what you think I am like I can wear Nikes and basketball jersey and watch sports and the next day I can go fishing and Mm -hmm. wear some boots and like you can do it all I feel like so many people are afraid to just be themselves yeah like I'll admit I'll play nerdy computer games like I'll I'll do all sorts of nerdy stuff I'll do cool stuff too it doesn't matter like I play Pokemon with my daughter (laughs) like get out of here guys yeah like just be yourself a hundred percent in like I, you know, I, I've always been like, I've always been, I, I don't know how to really describe it. Like I've always been able to like fit in with whoever I've wanted to, you know, like, yeah. you know, I, I've, I was a nerdy video kid at one time. I was a skater kid at one time. I was it's a, a paintballer at one time. Yeah. Like I played football in high school. Um, I did a little bit of everything and like, I never really stuck to one crowd or one demographic or like a particular type of group of people. And I feel like, you know, as you get older, um, you know, none of that really matters. And you really start to just like understand your true identity, who you are. And it's yeah, like, that it's, is exactly it. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause like when you're in high school, you think, you know, who you want to be, you know, <laughs> High school, I thought I knew everything, and yeah. now I'm 10 years removed. 10-year graduation just came up, and I still don't know a thing. Yeah. What, what I have learned is myself. So now I'm comfortable with myself, comfortable in what my passions are, mm-hmm. and that's how I'm able to move forward now. Yeah. And that's how I was able to present myself to you. It's like, this is who I am? You want to do this? And you're like, yep. So that was easy money. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Of course, man. No, I mean, I mean like I've said before too, before the cameras are rolling, like anybody that ever has like any, like anybody that ever wants to learn about content creation or, you know, they're really taking it seriously and they're not giving up on the old way where, you know, it's an art. Like this is an art. Like you're painting a picture when you're creating a video or 
you're taking a photo and you're editing it. And like, I don't feel like the world is ever really going to stray away from that, but we definitely are consuming content, excuse me, in a different way. Like you almost have to be like, create like a hybrid. Oh, yeah, you got to be doing short form content and long form. I really don't like so short form. Let me form. ask. Well, I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on short form content? I think, all right, for instance, all right, if I go to a car event, a car show, I go to those a lot. If I create a 15 minute video, wide 4K of every car in beautiful detail, all of that, blah, 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 blah. It won't really do that well, at least for me right now. But if I go post a five-second short clip of a Lamborghini and just, boom, loud music, Lamborghini, quick little highlight, shorts are going to pump it. I don't like short-form content. I'm the complete opposite. I prefer, I prefer long-term. I prefer, um, you know, there's just so much more you can put into it. You can't display emotions, story, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and short form content. I don't like it, but the algorithms love it. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is definitely trying to compete with TikTok. So they're having that little shorts battle. I think long form's king. Yeah. I think that's how you develop an audience, mm -hmm. keep an audience. Like if you were just making little silly internet fishing videos I wouldn't watch you but you're putting together this long really high quality content and you can respect it and that's what I like I appreciate that yeah I feel like what do you like about short form or not <laughs> I don't like anything about short form content I I think that um I may regret saying this later on down the road um you know maybe like I, I probably will be wrong but i just feel like short form content is not how you are supposed to consume content i think mm -hmm. it's it's bad for your brain it's exhausting um i don't know I, I think it's something that anybody can relate to if you sit down on instagram reels or TikTok just for like 30 minutes or brain an hour wash. yeah like you're you're just <laughs> exhausted it's it's so in your face and mm -hmm. i think it promotes like um, kind of the wrong types of behavior and just promoting stupid behaviors because they're trying to grab your attention in that mm -hmm. one second. So they'll do the most ridiculous things. Like, I don't like seeing kids running into a grocery store and throwing a gallon of milk down on the floor and splatter some old lady so that, that yeah. five-second short could get 2 million views. And, like, dude, <laughs> that's just not right. There's so much. I like more informative, mm -hmm. knowledgeable, emotionally driven content. And that's kind of the goal here. I feel like this Levin, this whole new media outlet that I'm trying to create is to make sure that in the future, there are media outlets mm -hmm. that are wholesome, promoting content that you could learn from. And that's actually gonna push people forward because I feel like, especially in the younger generations, mm -hmm all the content, all the influencers, everything that's happening is not good for them. It's not looking good on the internet. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make sure that not all the bad gets to rise. I want yeah. to make sure there's some good content still going out there. Boom. You nailed it, man. Yeah. You know, because it's just, I don't know. You see some of these content creators that become very famous very, very quick. And I feel like that is just absolutely detrimental towards success. Like, like 
when success is there's like a famous saying Rome wasn't built in a day right absolutely so it's just like anything that's great that takes a lot of time it, perfection takes a long time right like and the reason why I say that is like I've invested in stocks day trading and all that stuff and I've made some money really really quick but I lost it just as fast yeah I've done the same thing yeah my best my best investment ever I won't go into details but I was up a few thousand dollars and I held on it because I wanted to see it keep rising. Mm -hmm. And within like the next 12 hours, it had a dramatic spike down. What was the stock? Um, it was actually medical marijuana. Yeah. It was Tilray. Mm -hmm. um, and it went up to, I want to say like $78. It went from, in this two week period, it went, I want to say like from like $8 when I bought it up to like 78. Oh, wow. And I, I kept it there. And then it just started to go down. So ultimately, I did profit off it, but I lost so much from you up lost here that gain. because I wanted to see it keep going. Yeah. So I've had many L's, we'll yeah. call them. I have a sorts. very similar story. And like, you know, it, that same exact thing happened to me. But, you know, something that I learned throughout all of it is like, that's not fun. You know, like getting up every single day, prepping the camera equipment, prepping the boat going out there and like chasing the day and like it's unpredictability and like the way that you can actually make chick like chicken salad out of chicken crap essentially like that is what i love more than anything i that's love your stock that's yeah this like is your stock i love the challenge and it's like if anybody is going to become a business owner or they're ever going to try to succeed in anything in life it's going to be challenging and like if you're not willing to take that on then you might as well just sit down on your couch and watch YouTube videos yeah. <laughs> I try to make them and that sounds bad but like I don't mean that in a bad way but oh, like right. that's just the truth of what I'm saying it's just like people watch this you know they think that this is easy they think what we do is easy but anything that's good and has like takes time it's just it's it, not an easy thing it takes man. a lot of moments to build it so like I've had a you know it took me years of work and having my portfolio set just for you to look at me for three seconds and respect me enough to give me the time of day. You know, it took, I used to travel three hours to Miami, like once every week or two to do a live concert mm -hmm. because I knew even though I'm losing money driving, I was missing out on time at home. I knew that working with those type of people that bigger artists, bigger media companies, uh, they were going to put me in position so that one day when I am mature enough to really start putting up my own foundations, people will respect me mm -hmm. because this podcast wouldn't work at all. I mean, no offense to people that are doing really local, like low budget, smaller uh, interviews, but it's just not really going to work. Like nobody would really want to watch me if I was interviewing just some local person. Mm -hmm. But it took all those years just to get somebody with relevance to give me that time of day. Well, I appreciate you thinking that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny when you, you see people react in certain ways when they see me and they meet me. Like, they act like I'm someone famous. And I don't feel that way, man. Like, um, I, I just genuinely love, like, creating content. I love designing new products yeah. and clothing like i've i've truly found something that i'm passionate about um yeah I, it I, shows when we 
watch your content. You that. can definitely see that it's real. And you can tell when people are faking it. Whatever yeah. it may be, you can tell when somebody's heart isn't in it. Mm -hmm. And once you can realize that they're just doing it to get a check or whatever their motivation is, Instagram followers, who knows, yeah. it shows. And then you don't have that same level of respect for them. Mm -hmm. And I think something that's very important, and I, I fall into this trap, and I think anybody and everybody will fall into this trap once they start to gain some type of traction and that's just being humble you know it's like i've even said some things in this podcast that i hope i never regret one day you know because you never know when your time is up you never know when you aren't relevant anymore yeah um especially being a content creator your ideas start to dry up really fast and um, who knows if I'll be able to do this for, you know, another two, three, four, five, six years. I mean, I'd like to think I could do it this long. Well, so I think um, as a marketing media person, I think there still is room for you to grow. And I think there's other avenues that you could type in. Like we talked about how people have uh, told you that you should start a podcast one day. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying we talked about it briefly, but... I think you could get some pretty important people to come down to the Keys on your oceanfront property and, you know, sit down and have a two-hour conversation. And yeah. then you, you could go take them out on the boat afterwards. You could – so, like, dude, you could – you could well, have a real serious sort of operation going. It kind of goes back to what I was just talking about is like humbleness, right? Like I just invited you into my house. Like I charge you zero dollars to come in here. And it's just like you never know, you know. I didn't believe it. But like you never know what somebody's going to tell you. Like you may think you know everything, but you don't. You That's know, true. You may think that you're at the top of the game, but guess what? You know, there's always somebody that has some type of good input whether you know they're just starting out or they're they've been here you know for many years like for example my videographer that i've been working with for like you know the past six months yeah like, like i've been doing life by the bow for four years he just started and yeah. he's always just full of good ideas you know Whoa. so it's like there's a saying god gave you two ears and he gave you one mouth you know that's true you should be listening more than you speak mm -hmm. um but yeah i think there's definitely room for you guys i think just uh in general, using your platform now to do other things, like you've already accomplished gaining that audience. I think more than people care about fishing, I think they stick around because they just like the general idea of you guys. And who is this? <laughs> is this part of the podcast? That's Riley. Because you are very beautiful. Look at your eyes. She's a I've cat seen. Watch the mic, Riley. She's a catahoula <laughs> leopard something. I don't know. So I got a wife and the dog came with her. So. Oh, that's a pretty dog, though. Yeah. I love those eyes. They breed her in Louisiana. She's about to knock down our tripods. Yeah, and Riley, go to your bed. <laughs> go to your bed. There you go. Good girl. But yeah, man, I appreciate you. I mean, we've been going for over an hour now. I Have think we? Wow. If, if you're good, I'm good. You know, this was a great conversation. Maybe we could uh, do a part two sometime. Yeah, man. And uh, what are some things we can do afterwards when we uh, leave this place? What are some good areas to go to in the Keys, this man. general area? You came probably one of the best worst times to come down to the Keys, and that's Memorial Day weekend. It's popping, you know. I'm, I'm, I remember you and I talking. You're not a big drinker. Nah, not so, these days. Me either. Brought, brought trouble just to health. And you just feel horrible. Like, yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'd be a liar if I said I haven't got drunk or I don't go out drinking from mm-hmm. time to time. But it, it is just such a negative on the overall everything. So like, you know, say you go drinking, but you got a goal of becoming more fit. Mm-hmm. That next day, what are the odds you're going to really have a great workout if you're hungover? Um, just your health, the things even – so drinking is unhealthy, but it's the after effects that it has on you over time. Yeah. You know, your next day isn't going to be as productive. You know, you're probably more likely to argue with somebody, your significant other, if you guys have been drinking and you're getting yeah. all sassy and whatnot. Just overall, I'm not really with it. And then drinking Memorial Day, drinking out in the sun and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Whew, we could have a bad time. Yeah. I've been I mean, super dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's different, right? Like some people can handle the next day better than others, right? You know, I'm an old man now, 28. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I feel. Like if I have a drink the next day, like I, I feel like an old man. And, uh, you know, there there's some people like – they grow up like they grew up their entire life and their family drinks on the weekends, you know, like yeah. and that's that's part of their dynamic. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, just me personally, like I just I love waking up the next day and just having a hundred percent clear mind just ready to go like the morning. That's that. that- that's what I'm talking about, how yeah. the next day, if you've been drinking, it's not good. I, I love a solid sleep and waking up and being completely laser ready. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I like to take a hot bath in the morning with a cup of coffee. <laughs> like that is my therapy. Yeah. And, you know. That's funny, man. But if I have a drink, a lot of drinks, that bath in the morning, I woke up too late. Like, yeah, nah, I'm not with it. Well, we all have like our certain outlets, right? Like we all kind of have our vice and, you know, some people just get that high in life based off of drinking, whatever it is that they like to do. Like I genuinely get my high from just like creating content and being on the water. Like there's nothing that just makes me happier i love creating content so like yeah my girlfriend was like oh like you know you're going down with chris shout out to chris my producer baby great friend um she was like oh you're gonna be sitting at the bar you're probably gonna have girls coming up to you and i'm like you'd be so surprised if you heard the conversations we're gonna be having and i was right on the money with our conversations we were gonna be having i told her i was like me and chris are gonna be driving down we're gonna be talking about frame rates color profiles angles like what kind of sunset banger are we gonna get like where are we gonna go for our sunrise photos the next day she's thinking like we're just worried about all this stuff like this is my passion. Cameras mm-hmm. is my passion. Content, journalism, informative stuff. For some reason, it's what I like, and I can't help it. So There's nothing wrong with that, man. And I feel like there's no better time to be involved with it than in 2023. Absolutely. And there's there's never a bad time to start. You know, it's just the biggest thing is, is like it doesn't matter what you have. And I guess like this is a really good note to end on. You don't need three professional cameras to start creating content. One of my most my most viewed video on YouTube today was all shot on an iPhone. A lot of people are doing that now. Yeah. Um, so I would say three of the biggest things when it comes to become like becoming a successful content creator, and I'm not the most successful. But I have been able to gain some sort of traction. Respectable, certainly. Well, I appreciate that, yes. but we have a long way to go. 
but work hard biggest thing um be humble and always surround yourself with good people you do those three things i don't see why you couldn't be successful and make good decisions absolutely you know, maybe four things absolutely so. so i appreciate that i think that's a good note to leave on um thank you guys for watching this is the very first episode of the Levin podcast and I'm very thankful that we got a guest like this for the first one. I'm just going to say we weren't supposed to get a guest this good for the first interview. I literally messaged him in hopes that I could get like an idea of what the budget was going to be for somebody like him. I thought, you know, he'd say a price and it wouldn't be a... Uh, what I wanted to do right now. But then I had the idea of what my price was going to be when I could interview people. But he was just like, I don't got to charge you. Like, is, is right now a bad time to tell you that I'm actually charging you? Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. You know what? I would be willing to still pay, but you know what? We got the files on the cameras, right? We got yeah. audio. So yeah, just let's get, get your out of stuff here. and run as fast <laughs> as you can. But hey. no, man, you're, you're making me sound a lot cooler than I really am. You know, it's just... I love doing the same exact thing that you love doing. And yeah. that's really what it's about more than anything. You know, you'll, you'll find that sometimes, you know, the, the passion sometimes is more important than the money. The money is important because you need the money to live the passion. So there's that, that balance you need at the same exact time. But I'm just glad to be here and helping you out because I want to be able to do a part two and I want to, you know, be thanking Absolutely. you for having me on your podcast in and the future. Maybe I could just do a video, you know, one day going behind the scenes because more than just a podcast, I do want to do like video content, journalism, uh, behind the scenes, like a day in the life with people. I want to do things of that nature. I don't want to be a podcast. I want to be a media company and what mm -hmm. we publish could be diverse. So hopefully I think you definitely just put me in the right direction you know, I think I've been going in the right direction, but I think you definitely just gave me another source of credibility, experience, and certainly this will help me in the future. So you just benefited me greatly. I appreciate you very much. But let's get this uh, proper handshake and say thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to do it. Man. And we are done. Thank you.